Well, good morning, everyone. Good morning. He is risen. <laughs> Amen. Have you heard the good news that the one whom the disciples thought was dead has actually risen from the grave? And that is why we say hallelujah. We praise the Lord. It is a truth of the Christian faith that we are to remember and to celebrate each and every day, but it's good that we set aside this time to celebrate the fact that Jesus Christ is no longer on the cross or in the grave, for he has risen. And because of that, we have new life, because he has risen from the grave. Amen? So, after the Sabbath... Toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb, and behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone, and he sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothing white as snow, and for fear of him, the guards even trembled and became like dead men. But the angel said to the woman, do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified, for he is not here. He has risen just as he said. Come see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And behold, he is going before you to Galilee. And there you will see him. See, I have told you. So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and with great joy. And they ran to tell his disciples. And behold, Jesus met them and said, greetings. And they came up and they took hold of his feet and they worshiped him. Let's pray together. Our great and glorious God, you love this world by giving your only son that through faith we may be reconciled to you and also called your children. Lord, help us to live in the goodness and grace of the gospel in the provision and the power of the resurrection and in the freedom of new life in Jesus Christ. Father God, we rejoice together this morning at the empty cross and the empty tomb. And like the disciples on the dawn of that third day, we worship you with great joy in our hearts, for he has risen just as he said. To this we say, amen. Would you stand with me now? As we look to the Lord and worship him, for Christ the Lord has risen today. You're good, you're good, you're good. Christ the Lord is risen today. Hallelujah. Sons of God and men will say, Hallelujah. 
You have to wait. No. No. No, we're not. No, we're not doing this yet. No, put it back. Okay, we'll do it again. We'll do it again.
You guys can come up now. I would say that was worth it, right? To do it again? Please be seated as we get ready to, uh, to welcome our Trinity Kids ministry. And they're ministering to us this morning. National versions, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought you's peace was on him, and by his wounds. We are healed. Jesus, you were abandoned. Where are they? All of them. They were all shouting with the rest of us, Hosanna, Hosanna. God save us. God save us. He's going to die. He is. And I can't do anything about it. I can't bear it. I can't. You, you were there. Weren't you, when he healed the boy, the one from Nain, and when his poor mama was crying, her only son, gone? You remember her face, don't you? When Jesus gave her son back to her, what would she have done, a poor widow like that? And you, you saw, you weren't there, were you? The lame man, you remember him, right? Remember how he danced? He never walked before, and, and the blind man, he said, I see men like trees walking, remember? Oh, please say you remember. It wasn't that long ago. Oh, where would I have been if I have not met him that day? He saved my life. Oh, sweet mercy. As sure as the sun rises, he saved me. He spoke to me as if I mattered. Me. He was the only one, you know, the only one who ever saw me. All they ever did was saw me for my demons. Do you know? what it's like when nobody will ever touch you? Do you know the ache it leaves on your skin? Be gone. That's what he said seven times. Be gone. And every time, another one left, and then another one, and then another one, until they were all gone, and I was empty. The anger and hurt left, too. I knew it then. I would never leave his side. Could never, ever. I don't know why they hate him. You think it's goodness? Maybe it shines too brightly. Maybe it burns their sinful hearts. Maybe they all have too much to lose. Not me, I have nothing to lose. Nothing, because he, he gave me everything. 
Mark 16, 5 and 7, as they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white cloak sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. Don't be alarmed, he said. You are looking for Jesus the Nazarene who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him? But go, tell his disciples and Peter, he is going to head you into Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. Amen. Sweet the sound that sends a rain. 
We just thank them again. Give them a round of applause. Praise the Lord. We, um, we love the fact that we have um, our Trinity Kids ministry, and each week they have the opportunity to uh, spend time with their teachers and worshiping God and learning from his word, just as we are doing. As adults here, they get to do that down the hall. And so uh, before we continue on with our, our service, just want to just highlight a few things about what's going on here at the life of Trinity. We call this um, church life. And, you know, anything that's going on here, uh, you can find on our website, trinityallenwood.com. But I just wanted to highlight a few things. Uh, don't forget our Discipleship Pathway Initiative. And uh, th that's what's uh, represented by these. You'll see these out on the Connection Center. 
We have some grace booklets that go along with this, but please feel free to take one of these if um, you haven't um, done that before. And it kind of highlights um, a big part of what we are about here at Trinity, about pursuing discipleship. It's how we learn, we grow, and we serve together. Uh, Our core values, those three important words, to learn, grow, and serve. And our discipleship pathway is a way that we get to do that together. We also have a Wednesday evening service. It's from 6.30 to 7.30, followed by our prayer gathering. And we uh, gather with two other local churches, the Allenwood Church, which is right down the road, and Shiloh Baptist Church in Manasquan. And so every Wednesday we gather together and myself and the two other pastors from those churches, we record a podcast during that evening service and then we have a time of conversation and Q&A afterwards. Uh, and uh, then we have a, a, a dynamic time of prayer. We have a prayer gathering after everybody stays that can stay and we pray. We pray for each other and for our churches and uh, for people in need. And so I'd encourage you, Uh, to make that a regular part of your week, if you can, on Wednesday nights, 6.30 to 7.30, followed by prayer, and it's held right down the road at the Allenwood Church. Um, If you'd like to hear the podcast, you can live stream it, or if you'd like to hear some of the past episodes, just go to the website, trinityallenwood.com, and you'll see under the resources where the podcast is, and it'll bring you to the link of all of the previous episodes. We also have a conference coming up. It's a one-day conference on Saturday, April 29th. And uh, it's simply titled this, Can I Know For Sure If I'm Saved? Perhaps it's a, it's a question that you or somebody you know have been asking. So I'd encourage you uh, to attend. It's a free one-day seminar. Um, breakfast and lunch are provided. Uh, you just simply go to our website to register so we have an idea of how many people are coming out. But even if you forget to register, please uh, come on out, put that on your calendar. All this information, again, is on our website as well. We have a couple of guest speakers coming to, uh, to help us explore what the Bible teaches about the assurance of our salvation. And so a really important uh, and vital uh, issue in the life of every believer in the Lord Jesus. Can we really know that we are saved and what does the Bible teach us about that? So sign up for that. Bring your friends and family. It'll be an, an, an awesome day from 9 to 3.30 on Saturday, April 29th. Just a couple other things. Remember um, to stay the most updated. You can sign up for our text updates. You simply just text Join Trinity to that number, 84576. If you forget, this is on our website as well, but uh, it's a great way to just stay connected about updates and things that are happening um, as well. And we, of course, we have a prayer email. And so if you would like to be a part of our prayer ministry and, and just hear what's going on in the life of people, some, some prayer requests, and then, of course, get those follow-up emails about how God has been answering prayers, we just encourage you to, to send an email to prayer at trinityallenwood.com and just let them know you'd like to be a part of that list um, and so that we can all continue to be praying along with each other because we certainly want to continue to be known as a a church who prays, who prays together, prays for one another, and prays for our world. Amen? Amen. And so um, we're going to enter into another time of worship now, and uh, I would like to, uh, to read this scripture as a call to worship. And so let these words just sort of sink in Prepare your heart to sing uh, some songs of worship together because, you know, when we we lift our voices um, to the Lord, there's something special that happens when we do that together 
with, um, with other people, right? And we get to hear them singing, and sometimes it's even good to stop singing and just to listen to those around you and to hear people just um, using their voices to praise God. And so here's what it says in 1 Peter 3, verses 3 through 5, as our call into our next part of worship. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. Would you stand with me one more time as we sing about this amazing inheritance we have in a living hope through the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ?
my mind to Calvary where Jesus bled and died for me I see his wounds his hands his feet my savior on that cursed tree his body Drenched in tears, they laid him down in Joseph's tomb. The ancient seal by heavy stone, Messiah still and all
He is worthy of praise. You may be seated. And let us pray together. Father, we thank you for our time of worship together this morning. And now as we open your word, Father God, in our time remaining, we want to honor you by listening to what you have to tell us from your very living and revealed word. God, bring us back in our minds to picture that time when Jesus walked this earth, when he was preparing for his last days with his disciples whom he loved and cared for, God, bring our minds and our hearts to that time that as we hear your word, Father God, we may know just a little bit deeper with a little more insight what it must have been like. And Father God, as we are reminded from your word how all of these things were foretold so long ago that we can give you all the glory for what that means, that Jesus Christ is alive. We thank you in his name, amen. So suppose that you were going down a road and suddenly you came to a fork in the road. What are we told to do when you come to a fork in the road? Take it, right? <laughs> but let's say there's a real fork in the road and it goes in two different directions and you just didn't know which way to go. But there, right there at the fork in the road were two men. 
There was one that was dead and one that was alive. Which one would you ask for directions? Let it sink in for a second. That's better. That's a good response. So, of course, we would ask the one who is alive and who could answer us. So we gather here today to celebrate the living Jesus Christ, the one who came back to life. And he is the one whom we are to follow. And so when scripture tells us we are to be followers of Jesus Christ, we are following a God who is alive. Amen. The one who can point the way as we are all on such a journey in life. You know, we all ask these questions of ourselves at some point in life. Who are we to follow and which way are we to go? The scripture tells us that on the same day that Jesus rose from the grave, there were these two men who were on such a journey. They were asking themselves the same question. It happened on the very same day. You can picture it that Jesus rose from the grave and a short time later on that same day, these two men were were walking. They were discouraged, to say the least. They were despondent because of the events of the previous three days, not even understanding all yet what it meant. They were asking themselves these questions. Now who do we follow? Now which way do we go? The one we thought was leading us is now dead. We read this. That very day, two of them, meaning two of the disciples, were going to a village named Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. And they were talking with each other about all these things that had happened. And so while they were talking and discussing together, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. Remember, this is the newly risen Lord. See, but their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And so he said to them, what's this conversation that you're having with each other as you're walking along on your journey? And they stood still looking sad. Then one of them named Cleopas answered him, so are you the only visitor in Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened here in these days? And he said to them, what things? They said to him, concerning, you know, Jesus of Nazareth, a man who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and rulers delivered him up to be condemned to death and crucified him. Can you picture the scene? They're telling Jesus what just happened to Jesus. (laughs) But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things have happened. And moreover, some women of our company amazed us, for they were at the tomb early in the morning. And when they did not find his body, they came back saying that they had even seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but him they did not see. So Jesus said to the two men, O you foolish ones, slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, 
Jesus interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Is that not amazing? Wouldn't we like that? We say, Jesus, can you just please come and tell me this story again? Just tell me God, from your perspective. Can you just, I just want to hear it from you. And so little did these men know who they were talking to. It's such a, a great story because Jesus, in a way, is playing with them, but he always has a plan and a purpose, doesn't he? And they said, are you the only, you could be the only one in all of Jerusalem that has not heard anything. He's like, about what? So Jesus said in this amazing account that all of the scriptures, let's not lose sight of that. He said, foolish ones, you're slow to believe all that the prophets had spoken. And then it says, beginning with Moses and then all the prophets, Jesus showed to these two men everything in all the scriptures about himself. See what Jesus did? He had a Bible study while he was talking to these two guys about himself. Now, let's think about this, church. So when he says the scriptures, what is he talking about? What scriptures? Well, it's not the New Testament because that wasn't even written yet. And not to be completed, it was still being lived out, see? So what was the Old Testament? What was the, the Bible? What were the scriptures that Jesus knew and that the disciples knew? It's what we call the Old Testament, often called uh, in scripture, the law and the prophets. It means all of that Old Testament. The five books of the, first five books of the Bible, the Pentateuch that Moses wrote, and then the rest of those holy scriptures from what we call the Old Testament, often just kind of called the prophets. Moses and the prophets equals the Old Testament. So what Jesus did is he took all of the writings that they would have known, and he's saying you should have known these things, and he goes through it, pointing every which way that referred to him. See, the whole idea was they should have recognized him. He said that to the religious leaders, and he's saying this to these two downtrodden followers of his. You should have seen it coming because you had the very scriptures that were revealed to you to tell you that I am the Messiah. So he told them everything from the Old Testament that was foretold, that prophesied about his birth, his life, his death, and his resurrection. Did you know that there were more than 300 prophecies about the Messiah uh, that Jesus fulfilled in his lifetime? But what about just that last week of his life, Holy Week, or the Passion Week that we are just now concluding? What about that last week of Jesus' life on earth? What about all the prophecies that he fulfilled and why is it important? Why? Because they all culminate on what we celebrate today, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. See, it was all foretold, and they should have known it, that Jesus was the Messiah. His death, of course, brought the disciples despair, but his resurrection was prophesied about and should have brought them hope. See what Jesus was doing? Why are you so sad and downtrodden? They should have been hopeful. So today we gather here with hope, right? We are people of hope because he lives. That's why we celebrate this day. So we ask ourselves that question, who are we to follow when we come to a fork in the road? If you have believed in Jesus alone for salvation, are you following him each and every day? 
as he leads and guides you. If you are here and you're still seeking, my question to you is, are you still seeking the Lord Jesus, the one who is risen? So what I'd like to do in just our time remaining is I want to just briefly go through some of these amazing prophecies from the Old Testament that point to Jesus and specifically his last week on earth. To just let the scriptures themselves be our message for today. Let them speak to you and to your heart. Number one, it was prophesied that the people in Jerusalem would celebrate Jesus when he rode into Jerusalem on a donkey. Did you know that? Zechariah 9.9, this is the Old Testament passage. It says this in Zechariah 9.9, Rejoice greatly, daughter Zion. Shout, daughter Jerusalem. See, your king comes to you, righteous and victorious, lowly and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey, prophesying about the coming Messiah. Jesus fulfills this, Matthew 21, 7 through 9. It says this, So they brought the donkey, the one that Jesus told them to get, and the colt, and put on them their cloaks, and Jesus sat on them. And most of the crowd spread their cloaks on the road, and others cut branches from trees and spread them on the road. And then the crowds went before him and followed him, and they were shouting, Hosanna to the Son of David! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord! Hosanna! In the highest, a prophecy fulfilled. And by the way, Jesus will return to earth once again. We call that his second advent when the people cry out, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna. Number two, Jesus will be betrayed for 30 pieces of silver. Did you know that that is prophesied about in the Old Testament? Zechariah 11, verse 13. So I took the 30 pieces of silver and threw them to the potter at the house of the Lord. Did you know it said that in the Old Testament? And of course, in Matthew 26, we see this. Then one of the 12 named Judas Iscariot, he went to the chief priest and asked, what are you willing to give me if I deliver him over to you? You know what they said? So they counted out for him 30 pieces of silver, not even realizing they were fulfilling prophecy about the Messiah, Jesus. Jesus will be rejected. That was foretold. Isaiah 53, he was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering and familiar with pain. These words revealed by God hundreds of years before Jesus lived. Of course, in Mark 15, what shall I do then with the one you call the king of the Jews? Pilate asked them, and what was their response? Crucify him, they shouted. It was prophesied that the Messiah would be rejected. Jesus was rejected by his own. It was also foretold that Jesus, the Messiah, would be silent before his accusers. Isaiah 53, again, verse 7, he was oppressed and afflicted. Yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before its shearers is silent, so he did not open his mouth. A prophecy foretold about the coming Messiah. In Matthew 27, 14, you know what it says about Jesus? It says, Jesus made no reply, not even to a single charge, to the great amazement of the governor. Jesus fulfills prophecy. We're halfway there. Can I say, can I get an amen on that? Praise the Lord. 
Uh, get an amen for the word of God and get an amen that we're halfway there. How about that? Jesus will be mocked and beaten. In Isaiah 50, verse 6, it says this about the coming Messiah. I offered my back to those who beat me, my cheeks to those who pulled out my beard. I did not hide my face from mocking and spitting. In the New Testament, fulfilled in Jesus, Matthew 27, 27 to 30. Then the governor's soldiers took Jesus in the praetorium and gathered the whole company of soldiers around him. You heard that depicted just a few minutes ago. They stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him, a robe on him, and they twisted together a crown of thorns and they set it on his head. They put a staff in his right hand. They knelt in front of him and mocked him. Hail, king of the Jews, they said. They spit on him and took the staff and struck him on the head again and again. Jesus took that for us. It was foretold in Isaiah 50 that the Messiah would be mocked and spit upon. And of course it was so. It was also prophesied that Jesus would die like a criminal among criminals. Isaiah 52, he poured out his life unto death and was numbered with the transgressors. Mark 15, 27 says, they crucified two rebels along with Jesus, one on his right and one on his left. Did you know that that was a fulfillment of prophecy? Like the Passover lamb, none of Jesus' bones would be broken. Jesus is called our Passover lamb. As John the Baptist had said right before he baptized him, he said, behold, the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Jesus is our Passover lamb. In Exodus 12, 46, listen to the instructions about how the people of Israel were to celebrate the Passover it must be eaten inside the house, meaning the Passover lamb. Take none of the meat outside the house and do not break any of the bones. You see, it was part of the Passover celebration that when they were to slaughter the lamb, the Passover lamb, to remember God's rescuing of his people from Egypt, they were told not to take the meat outside and do not break any of the lamb's bones. John 19 says this, because the Jewish leaders did not want the bodies of the three men on the crosses, Jesus in the middle, to be left on the crosses during the Sabbath, they asked Pilate to have the legs broken of the bodies taken down to speed up the process. The soldiers therefore came and broke the legs of the first man who had been crucified with Jesus, and then the legs of the other one. But when they came to Jesus and found that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. Do you see that? It was prophesied that none of his bones of the coming Messiah would be broken. They went to, with the intent of breaking his legs, as they did with the two thieves on the crosses. But when they got to Jesus... Those Roman soldiers thought, well, he's already dead. We don't have to do that. And so, therefore, none of his bones were broken, a fulfillment of prophecy. Who else could be the Messiah? Jesus' sides would be pierced. It says, Zechariah 12, this is the prophecy in the Old Testament. I will pour out on the house of David and the inhabitants of Jerusalem a spirit of grace and supplication, 
They will look on me, the one they have pierced, and they will mourn for him as one mourns for an only child and grieve for a firstborn. John 19, 34, so one of the soldiers pierced Jesus' side with a spear, bringing a sudden flow of blood and water. Even the piercing of Jesus' side was a fulfillment of prophecy. All of these things proving that Jesus was the Messiah. The Messiah would die for the sins of the people. Isaiah 53, 8, for he, meaning the coming Messiah, was cut off from the land of the living for the transgression of my people, he will be punished. Did you know that's why Jesus died? For your sin and for mine. It was foretold it would be so in Matthew 27, 51, when Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. Jesus died a physical death because of our transgressions to fulfill prophecy. And finally, it was foretold that Jesus would come back to life. The resurrection that we celebrate today was foretold. Isaiah 53, 11, and after he has suffered, he will see the light of life and be satisfied. Luke 24 tells us this, while they were wondering about all these things, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. And in their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. And the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. Do you see why these are so important, church? As we look to the Old Testament, the scriptures that Jesus had and knew, that all of the disciples knew, that the Pharisees and religious leaders knew, they should have known he was their king, their promised Messiah. He fulfilled every single pros uh, prophecy, literally, including how he would come back to life. So what does this mean for us? In just a moment, we're gonna close our time with a song. But you know, we all come to the crossroads in life and must decide which way to go. Let me ask you this question, what are you gonna do about Jesus? What do we do with this person, Jesus? Is he dead or is he alive? Perhaps you're here with us this morning and you are still seeking him. You're still asking yourself this question. You know, we're all on a journey with Jesus to some degree or another, whether or not you have recognized him for who he is and who he said he is. Who are you going to believe and who are you going to follow? As Jesus told the two men on the road to Emmaus, all that happened, that, that during that holy week, Jesus went over it again with them so that their eyes would be opened. See, Jesus claimed to be God. He claimed that he would have to die for our sins. He claimed that he would come back to life did you know that's the Jesus that we say we love and follow? If you think about that for a moment, in our faith, the cornerstone of our faith is that we believe that there was an actual man in history who lived a little over 2,000 years ago, who not only was a good teacher and a kind man and brought a message of peace, but you know he also claimed to be God himself, and that he claimed that he would die in our place to reconcile us to God and that he would come back to life physically? That is who we believe. 
and that's who we follow. So, will you believe, and will you follow? I encourage you to search the scriptures. Seek Jesus. Ask Jesus to do what he did for the two men on the road to Emmaus for you. Jesus, please, show me again. I want to see you. Look to the scriptures for Jesus, for he is found from Genesis to Revelation. But church, don't look for Jesus on the cross. Don't look for Jesus in the tomb, for he has risen, and he has risen indeed. Would you stand as we close our time together by singing one last song as we crown him with many crowns. We praise the Lord Jesus together. Praise you, Father. 
Father, now may we go in peace. May we go in praise. Letting others know that the cross is empty, the tomb is empty, and Jesus has risen. Father God, when we tell others about our faith, may we proclaim the good news of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. For your word tells us without it, our faith and our preaching are in vain. Father God, we thank you that we serve a risen Savior who is in us as believers in him today. May we go forth into this world as people of hope with this message of hope today because our world desperately needs it. Father God, may we go in love and may we go in peace sharing the good news of the gospel which brings hope to all. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thanks again for joining us. The Lord bless you on this special day.
Satan, he's a liar.
Send me out.